Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to this uh, Tuesday, August 30th. And uh, I hope your week's off to a good start. We've had two uh, not so good days when it comes to Wall Street and the markets. We'll talk about that and more as far as where they may be heading today uh, when Dave joins us here in just a few moments. Before we do that, though, let's not forget that in the world we live in, there are a lot of things that you and I cannot control. We can't control what's happening in Russia and Ukraine or what's happening even in Washington, D.C., but you can take control of your retirement. But you have to know what you don't know, and that's how much risk do you have in your current portfolio. And if you don't know the answer to that question, on a scale of 1 to 100, that could be a problem. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design phone consultation where we'll help you determine if you're on the right track for the retirement you always dreamed of. Hey, with that, we've got Dave coming up next. Oh, sucker. It's 8.39 here, 21 before 9. Time to check in on your money and find out what the uh, markets are doing to your retirement plans today. If you're over-invested in equities, you're probably getting a case of... uh, well, let's see, a bad need for Dramamine at the moment. Let's head down to uh, Statler Financial Services' very own Philip Statler, who's on the line this morning. Philip, how's your Dramamine supply doing? I'm telling you, buddy, we've had uh, two very negative days. Uh, obviously, yesterday, not as bad as Friday's downturn, but still, we are down. And I looked this morning, the S&P 500 is actually down for the month uh, of August right now. Uh, not not a whole lot, but but still yet down from where we started uh, the month of August. And, and you know that was amazing because we actually had some optimism going on there for a little while. Yesterday, the Dow was down by 184, S and P was down by another 27, Nasdaq down by 124 percentage wise. They were the big loser. They were down another one percent yesterday. Uh, that S and P number down two thirds of a percent. Yeah, wait. Everything looked so bright and cheery until about the uh, third week of the month, and then all of a sudden things started getting hinky in there and. About the only reason that we can come up with for the major turn, especially last week, uh, was that Jackson Hole meeting where basically uh, Jay Paulson said, uh, we're just going to keep on whacking this economy until we got inflation. And uh, what what was the Revolutionary War thing? Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead? It sounds like that's what we're doing, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does, Dave. And I got to tell you, there are some not happy economists out there um, writing op-ed pieces that um, – you know, the, the Fed is going to definitely screw up again, uh, and uh, they're going to make it a hard, hard landing. Uh, I can't tell you how many articles I've read the last two days that uh, don't give me uh, much encouragement after what, uh, uh, after what he said on, uh, on Friday. It really does. Yesterday morning, I was saying the ghost of Paul Volcker is around, but uh, Volcker was the Fed uh, chair that ended up tanking the economy real severely in the early 80s, put us into an incredibly deep recession about the only good thing, and I keep bringing this up, is when it goes that fast and it goes that deep, it also doesn't last very long. And uh, that might be what Paulson's thinking. we got to take the castor oil. Might as well take it all at once and get it over with in six months. But, Lord, the pain that causes when it happens uh, to both our equity accounts and in the life in general, because that's also going to spike unemployment when it does happen. And even with a cushion, it's not what we want to see. 
I know, Dave, and you keep talking about Volcker and, and what happened for him. I got to tell you, though, a couple of the articles I'm reading aren't that nice. Um, they're, they're really <laughs> they're meaner it, than me. They, well, it's going to be deeper and longer than anybody wants to even think about. I mean, we're talking about through 2024. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've, the couple of articles I read were not pretty at all. And, and that's uh, kind of discouraging with what you and I keep hoping the Fed would do. Um, just to kind of add, um, you know, some injury to insult, I, I did read an article about housing prices, um, mm-hmm. talking about they could fall 20% in uh, about 183 cities across the United States. Um, and, that's, and that's a pretty big number. They gave some indications like Austin, Texas, um, is definitely a big one that's um, overvalued, but they, they named some of the bigger cities that you and I would recognize, Boise, Idaho. Um, and so we continue to watch that area to see what happens in the real estate market. They didn't give me a whole list. I was trying to see if Florida was on there anywhere, but I didn't see any towns. They didn't give the whole list of cities. That would have been interesting to uh for some talking well, Florida, for sure. Florida is almost kind of like two different planets as well as far as housing markets are concerned. We get the, you know, the trendy hot markets on the coast and then markets like ours that, you know, actually you know, we more resemble the economy of a, you know, of a Midwestern farm community in terms of our property values, which means we respond slower and uh, sometimes take a little longer to get back to where we should be. But our, our curve has always been a little bit different from the, uh, you know, the hot condo markets in Miami and Tampa. You're absolutely right. And I'm hoping that's going to be a benefit for us this year. Hey, another mm-hmm. article I read, I can't put my fingers on it right now, but I found this interesting that we expect uh, in, in um, 2022 to, uh, they, they used a word, this isn't the right word, but I call it repatronate. Um, about 325 to 350,000 jobs from overseas back to the United States because of manufacturing companies coming back to the United States to start their manufacturing would create somewhere around 325 to 350,000 uh, jobs this year. Wow, that 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 uh, starts approaching macro level change. I mean, they're doing it now with chip manufacturing after the kind of supply chain issues we've had. Uh, with China for the last oh, year and a half, two years, we're finally starting to wake up and say we got to have at least some capacity here domestically. Uh, good to hear a few other companies thinking along those lines as well, right? It is. You know, that means that, hey, maybe the United States will get back to our foundation of, you know, growing and producing what we need here at home and being able to sell it someplace else as well. Um, that would be a good thing. But uh, along with U.S. companies coming back here, the article also pointed out there's a lot of what they call foreign direct investment, FDI, uh, where foreign companies are deciding that, hey, maybe we should put a manufacturing plant here in the United States. Automakers have been doing that for, for a while now, but there's mm-hmm. some other companies looking to do the same thing. And, you know, the, the reason that so many of those companies put their manufacturing sites overseas at the time was the labor cost differential. It's a boatload cheaper and this sounds tacky to say it, but it's a boatload cheaper to hire a bunch of Mexican workers than it is to hire a bunch of Union American workers. Well, now with automation being as dominant as it is, if you can get away with you know, 25, 30, 40 percent fewer warm bodies to do the same amount of work with automation, now all of a sudden the labor differential starts becoming a little bit smaller 
and there's an economic reason why looking at manufacturing here would be a better idea. Yeah, we don't hire as many people, but we can afford the American wages, and we don't end up uh, trying to uh, go across the pond in order to get cheaper labor. Maybe that's the macro trend that's in, that, that, that's influencing this. I think that's part of it, Dave. The other part, remember, when Trump came out with his tax change, he mm-hmm. changed the minimum corporate tax rate and put us more on a level playing field with the rest of the world. Now, I think, unfortunately, I think the the Biden thing may have changed that a little bit, but I think taxation became less of an issue for these um, federal, uh, these foreign direct investments, as opposed to what we had seen in other countries. So that may have been a, a, a kind of a lightning spark, too, to start some of that. Yeah, I agree. Well, in what little defense I'm going to give of what the government has done economically, the minimum corporate tax that Biden administration has been pushing is still the uh, basically, you know, the the agreed upon thing that Trump and Biden have both been advocating a minimum corporate, you know, a a uniform corporate tax rate worldwide. So in reality, that trend may still very well continue if we keep that 15 percent number handy, because that's kind of what the uh, civilized nations agreed to as being a corporate tax rate worldwide. Worldwide. Now, whether or not the others will actually do it, but there, that does take away some of the incentive for Apple to be parking trillions of dollars in Dublin, Ireland right now instead of out in San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely does. Understood. Uh, we're talking about housing and talking about the economic reports. There's nothing going on at 830 this morning when the government dumps most of their data. But starting about nine, there's going to be kind of a... Uh, kind of a water flow of this stuff. We've got the uh, housing price index coming out at nine. The house price purchasing index kind of alludes to the things you're talking about here. And we also start getting some information as far as consumer confidence, about 10. Conference boards, consumer confidence number comes out and an employment report that normally doesn't move the market very much. But given what Paulson talked about at the end of last week, the jolts job opening numbers also come out at 10 this morning. So we we may have a miniature seismograph in the markets this morning. Right now, I'm kind of glad to see some green ink, but it could be interesting depending upon what those reports say. Well, it could be. You know, that's definitely true. We've got a lot of different uh, sectors coming out, right? We've got housing, consumer confidence, and then jobs. So there's a lot of things in that mix that uh, will hit between now and 10 o'clock. Understood. Uh, I always watch the fear and greed indexes for kind of a pop version, basically, of the uh, VIX. And for the moment, the peer and greed index is actually still in neutral, almost bordering on greed. We haven't really kicked the pants of the uh, average investor quite yet to the point where we've got them scared yet over the last two days. I find that kind of intriguing. Well, that, that's true. I mean, I think we've seen so much volatility now in the marketplace that, uh, you know, they don't like it, but they've become accustomed to it. <laughs> Thousand point drop. Oh, what the heck? We're used to it by now. Good Lord. <laughs> Talking about drops and rises and whatnot, the end of earnings season pretty much upon us. But we got actually a couple of uh, household names that reported this morning, including one where we got a location here in town. How did Big Lots do? So Big Lots did come out. They uh, they reported a smaller than expected quarterly loss and a better than expected revenue. So good on all counts. Same store sales fell less than analysts had forecasted as well. And so Big Lots getting a little bit of a boost this morning, up 1.3% this morning. The other retailer that reported was Best Buy. Um, Best Buy came out and... Um, 
They, they beat the forecast on top and bottom line for the last quarter. Same store sales did decline, but they declined less than expected. So, so that was some good news as well. Uh, they're trading up right now about a half a percent this morning. Okay, that, that's a leveling off from the delayed quotes that I've got because I had them up toward the top of my big winner list this morning. Maybe something happened that somebody read a little deeper, huh? Well, it could be that. I mean, yeah, they, they started out, they had gained about 2.6% earlier this morning. Yeah. And, and, you know, as people start to, to trade and buy and sell and the, and, the, and the price gets up that high, and then, you know, it starts to sometimes fall a little bit as people wind through and look through the report and, and find out, well, maybe there's a little thing here or there that they didn't think was quite what should have been there. Understood. And that might be the behavior of the markets overall this morning. I'm looking at the Dow from yesterday and the S&P and the NASDAQ all being off second day in a row for a pretty substantial loss. 45 minutes before we opened this morning, you and I were talking about it. Are we bottom fishing this morning or is there a trend? You know, we won't know until the end of the day. I would say that maybe bottom fishing because I'm seeing the green start to you know fade a little bit. Still green, but fading. Uh, we got the Dow up about a third of a percent. That's about $109. S&P 500 is up four tenths. That's almost $17. And the NASDAQ 100 up uh, a little over six tenths of a percent, about $82. So we still have the small cap, Russell 2000, um, slightly in the red this morning, down about a tenth of a percent. If we go to the commodity side, there's nothing but uh, red ink over on that side of the coin. We got silver down uh, almost 1%. To $18.38 an ounce. We've got gold down about a half a percent, $1,741 an ounce. Crude oil is taking a big dump, uh, but it's still, I think, probably a little higher than what it was yesterday morning, Dave, down 2.3%. It's trading right now about $94.75 a barrel. Yeah, I think that is just a, at least pennies higher than it was yesterday at this time. Mixed bag in the Asian rim. The uh, Japanese markets were up considerably, but the Chinese markets were off at the close this morning. Europe is uh, marginally up this morning. Germany's having a good day. The rest of the indexes are just up fractionally. And i got to make note of the fact that two-year, 30-year Treasury yield inversion continues. I'm over two-tenths of a point worth of difference in the yield on those two Treasury notes, and that's uh, not a good harbinger of things to come, as you and I have discussed want yeah. to figure out what i'm sorry go ahead so i was just say yep it's about the same pretty much what it was yesterday yeah it ain't changed that ain't good news <laughs> trying to figure out which direction your retirement is going sometimes just knowing that you've got a, a low risk investment portfolio while things are going up and down like this is the safest route how do i find you to minimize the risk on mine philip you're right, Dave. Risk is the big deal. And if people don't know how much risk they have in their portfolio, that could be a costly mistake. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design a phone call where we'll walk you through to make sure you're on the right track for the retirement you always dreamed of. And then catch us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning, on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow morning. Philip, thank you so much. We'll see you then, all right? All right, man. You have a great day. Take care. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today as this week is off to a, uh, well, not such a good start. Maybe today will be better. We won't know until tonight. Hey, until then, uh, remember, 
Our core retirement design is designed to help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 and let us help you plan for that retirement. Until tomorrow, take care.